Not going to lie, today's story is really going to piss some people off. Researching the story made me understand that not everyone has a common sense, or not everyone has common sense when it even comes to the law. This story is absolutely crazy and stunning, just how sick and cruel someone can be and so, so and how someone can live and survive. Join us today on this episode of Clapped by Fire. The Apocalypse. Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm Kai Maxwell, your hosts. Our co-hosts are Sean and John, and you are listening to Clap by Fire. What's up, guys? What's going on? How are you doing? So today, we're just going to chat a little bit. We've been getting a lot of feedback about the podcast. We thank you guys for listening and sharing your, your thoughts and opinions with us, and obviously, over time, we're going to try to critique this and... Uh, Continually better ourselves to try to give you guys the best podcast we possibly can. Some of the feedback that we've gotten is that John is a flipping stoner. So, John, I just want you to like chat for him and introduce yourself. Uh, what, do, what do you think of everyone calling you a stoner? I actually asked my wife yesterday and was like, hey, do you actually think that I sound like a stoner? She's like, well, there are times that you might when you don't know what to say. And so uh, I think that's what it was, you know, being new, you know, on a podcast, trying to figure it out. I might have, you know, sounded a little, little bit more like a stoner than uh, I want to be. Um, but it also gave me a chance to think, you know, since people are going to think that I am a stoner, I might as well, you know, start it. Um, uh, <laughs> but I don't have anything today. So, uh, you know what? I guess if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> hey, for sure, for sure. Hey, I like the honesty. John's just kind of a quiet guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he talks, he chats. He's very he's very talkative if you talk to him. So just everyone knows, like, uh, he just, you know, he, he's going to be a lot more bubbly. You've know, got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Sean has just upgraded his microphone. So we're uh, little by little improving our audio quality and uh, – Thing, things are getting good. Things are getting better. Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, I woke up this morning and I hopped on the news. And I saw that in Enoch, Utah. Does anybody know where that is? Yeah, it's down by Cedar City. Eight family members, including five children, found fatally shot in a Utah home. There's big police investigation going on right now. I read this this morning. Published Damn. at 8.13 on January 5th. Is there a suspect at large or no? Just no information. Uh, I guess the police went and did a wellness check and uh, found a whole family of eight people fatally shot and killed. Oh, my gosh, man. So something else, too. A lot of people are asking us to do certain subjects, topics, and stuff like that, and we, we love that. There's so many things to talk about and so many things in the news that are continually going on that we will cover. Just uh, shoot me, John, or Sean a text if you know us personally. Um, other than that, I don't really know how you could request a, a certain topic, but we definitely have tons and tons of content we want to create. As of right now, we're just doing one video a week. These topics, we do research and we do study them. We're not just getting on here, you know, making the crap up. We're telling the story based on the research that we've done and our own personal opinions. 
So uh, the, some of the people that are trying to like fact check us and stuff like that, go do your own research. Don't, you know, we, we researched it. I researched it. I've checked multiple different credible sizes and I get on and I write my own experience or my own, uh, you know, based on the information that, I, that I've gotten. So if you're interested about these topics, please, we, we encourage you to research them yourselves and uh, check them out because they're crazy. And that's, that's why we're sharing them with you um, on this weekly podcast. So definitely check it out. Um, Sean was going to share his story, but uh, family's getting sick. Everybody has the flipping flu right now. And so I'm going to be taking over once again. So a lot of people saying that they want to hear more of the other people. You will hear them. It just, uh, you know, life life takes over and life happens. So bear with us. And okay, uh, other than that, thank you for giving us uh, thank you for giving us uh, likes and shares on Spotify. We are working on trying to get on other platforms such as iTunes, um, maybe and eventually YouTube. I'm not quite sure. Doing a lot of research on maybe doing like video call forms of podcast, but it's definitely in the works. Uh, and so, yeah. How do you guys feel about that? You guys, you have anything else you want to say? Oh man, I think that's great. So, I just think it'd be awesome to expand. You know, do different. You know, see different people, hear different people. You know, get out there and get some of the stories that we want to tell on this podcast, and you know, share it for people who haven't and people who wanted to know more. For sure, for sure. So let's. Uh... Sorry, Sean. Are you can hey. say something. You good? Okay. <laughs> hey, Kai, hey. real quick. Did you ever get any information on that thing about Enoch today? Just, just a family of eight. It's. Uh, I just. I just. So I, I on my phone. You didn't by chance get like a last name because actually my brother and sister-in-law live down in Enoch and they have eight people in their family. Oh shit! So um, once you said that, I was just kind of, kind of freaking out. So if I was you, I would just uh, I just Google it real fast. I'm I'm kind of weird, and I don't really trust a lot of news sources. I know some news sources are kind of biased, you know, lean towards like political opinions. So I actually have five different news apps on my phone, and um, whenever something's in the news, I'll read the story and then I'll hop on another app and try to find the same story because every single time you search a story. Obviously, there's different opinions. People tell a story differently, correct? Obviously, we're telling a story of this po- on this podcast. It's not going to sound exactly how someone else explained it. So it just uh, it's on two different ones. There's not a lot of information, but uh, I'm obviously not going to say the news apps that I that I that I check out because I don't want anybody judging me. <laughs> you know, obviously. People with political beliefs like obviously lean towards certain ones, and I'm I, I tend to be neutral. But like I said, I, I check multiple sources. I would just Google it real fast. I'm sure you could find some information. But all that I have seen so far on two different news sources is that there was a fatal shooting, and it was because uh, someone called to get a wellness check, and when the police arrived, they that's what they found. That's the only information I have as as of right now. Like I said, the news story was posted at eight fifteen this morning. Crazy man. Super sad. Uh, yeah, I just went ahead and Googled it, and it said the um, it was three adults and five children. So, I mean, it's horrible, and it's a horrible story, but that doesn't describe my family. So, Whew, a little, uh, <laughs> breathe a little. 
A lot of people have also requested that we cover like the Idaho murders and stuff like that. And um, I'm just the type of person that I don't really like to cover a story until the story is primarily done. I don't want to give false information or just kind of make up a theory. So obviously, you know, if you read the news, you know that he um, he's getting sent back to Idaho to stand trial there. But other than that, we'll, we'll probably eventually cover that once everything's done and kind of settled a little bit. Like I said, I don't really want to jump in and cover a topic that uh, there's still so much going on right now. So we'll probably eventually get to that. But as of right now, please keep sending your ideas, your requests, stories you'd like to hear, and uh, maybe they'll be picked and uh, talked about on this podcast. All right. <clears throat> okay, so let's jump in today's story. Sean and John, I got a question for both of you guys. Shoot. In what year was the best year in human history? Like, when people talk about the good old days and all the good shit was happening, what year do you particularly think of? Dang, man. I said probably, probably in the 60s, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> probably in the 60s, okay. A little hey, more freedom, man, you know? <laughs> you mind sharing, like, any crazy experience? Or why, why was in the 60s so good? Well, I mean... Uh... There's a lot less judgment per se as far as like drugs and doing what you wanted to do and like people just did their own, you know, their own thing back then. Um, that sort of stuff. What about you, John? When was your the prime time to be alive? I honestly probably started off in uh, 1985, uh, starting January 11th, when uh, probably the coolest person in the world came into came into this world and, and that was me. Um, so I'd say the best gift <laughs> to this world, uh, year would probably be 1985 because that's when, uh, that's when I came into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I concur a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my two cents on now. The, one of the best years. So, uh, obviously I'm a lot younger than you guys. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a 96 baby. But uh, I just remember doing so much stuff as a kid that I would not do today because it's it's highly illegal or I'd get in like trouble or sued for it. You got you guys kind of have like similar similar like stuff you did when you were younger was just it was so much fun. But in today's world, you probably get sued or it's probably illegal. <laughs> uh, pretty much everything that I did as a kid, um, you know, nowadays, you know, having kids of your own, everything kind of changes. Your mindset kind of changes as well. So it's like the stuff I did as a kid, you know, <laughs> uh, just in case my uh, my parent or you know, my mom is listening. You know, I'm not going to go into details. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when your kids get older, you also think to yourself like, well, you know, I should get on to them for doing this type of thing, you know, and get on to them about doing this type of thing. But then in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, I did the same thing. Uh, probably did uh, worse. And uh, uh, I'm never going to tell them what I did, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're a parent, your mindset's a little different uh, from when you were then. You had no worries, no cares in the world. Uh, if it, If you didn't get caught, it's not illegal kind of thing. For sure, for sure. So our story, sorry, Sean, you got something? Oh, I was just saying, thank God there was no internet back then too, you know what I mean? Like, 
there is nothing that recorded us or could prove us guilty. <laughs> but there is nothing. Right now, there's a camera on everything and a microphone on everything. And yeah, you just can't get away with half the crap we got away with back in the 80s. So. Yeah, that's actually how a lot of crimes are uh, actually caught today is, you know, someone went and blew someone's mailbox up, up with a dry ice bomb, but luckily someone filmed it and posted it on the internet. So you're, you're pretty much turning yourself in when it comes to the internet. Completely agree that technology, you know, I love technology. I love all the new stuff, but it uh, it's obviously changed our lifestyles for sure. So our story takes place in 1978. And I looked up some just major events that were going on in history at this time. Number one, Egypt and Israel sign the Camp David Accord. I have no idea what that is. People, okay, first solo North Pole expedition. That happened in 1978. It's all over the news. Uh, the first Garfield comic strip came out in 1978. Heck yeah, dude. I freaking love Garfield. Right. <clears throat> uh, better on Sunday mornings than uh, nothing better on Sunday mornings than uh, your parents reading the paper and you grabbing the comics and going straight down to the Garfield. Heck yeah. I, I like so I said, like every day. <laughs> I'm a 96 baby and I, I even remember the Garfield comic strip. You know, the lazy cat that's always so depressed but has quite the humorous mouth. For sure. I love that. Um, another one is a U.S. teacher strike. I'm not really sure what that is. I guess a bunch of teachers around the U.S. went on strike. Again, the date is 1978. And uh, also the U.S. dollar plunges. Poisoned umbrella tip murder. I'm not sure what that is. All These are these are 10 items. We're all over the news. Oil tanker uh, runs aground. So uh, it's just some basic stuff that's really happened really, really big in the news. And then also, oh my gosh, when I was researching this, I was like going to cry. So we're in 2023 and inf inf inflation is through the roof right now. But back in uh, 1978, a pound of bacon was a dollar and 20 cents. <laughs> Dozen eggs was 48 cents. You could go to, I don't know if anybody remembers this, Radio Shack and buy yourself the top of the line computer for only $300. Lando Lakes Butter. Yeah, you, can play, you can play Pong on. You can go and play the Invaders. And yeah. No, those are the days. You can buy a New York, <laughs> uh, New York uh, strip steak for $2.30. Dude. Ugh. Star Wars was kind of gaining some traction right now. And you could buy the popular pajamas for a $6.49. Those are the good old times, and this story is, I'm going to do a viewer discretion. This story is very graphic. It is absolutely insane, but I love just the survival and the instinct to want to live from doing the research on this topic. Mary Vincent was born 1963. And I'll just I'll just kind of refer to her to either Mary or Vincent. So if I say Mary or Vincent, I am talking about this girl. So she was born in 1963, just a typical common girl. Uh, she was born into a family of seven children, and she lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. Vida, Las Vegas, Vida. I love that song. Gets stuck in your head every time I go there. That, that was beautiful, by the way. 
So she's born into a family of seven in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. All the people tell me I don't pronounce crap right. I don't even know how you pronounce that. Nevada, 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 whatever. Her father was a mechanic and her mother was actually a blackjack dealer. So can you remember the dad going in after a long day serving in the in the army? Goes to play some blackjack. <laughs> ends up tipping that uh, blackjack dealer super well and ends up hooking up with her, you know? <laughs> and boom, seven kids. There you go. <clears throat> so Mary, typical wife, growing up. Uh, not really too much about her early childhood. Just a typical teenager growing up in in uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas uh, back in the 60s and 70s is obviously a lot different than it is today. Um, so she's 15 years old when this dramatic event changed her life. When she was 15 years old, her parents started going through a very dramatic, rough divorce, causing a lot of trauma on the children causing a lot of the kids to feel abandoned, wanting to run away, just really, really hard on the family. Um, my parents got divorced, and I remember it's it's just a lot. You know, you love these people, and you see them fight like cats and dogs, and then they try to use the kid as real leverage, and it just, it just gets really dirty, and then the law's involved, and yada, yada, yada. So at 15 years old, she wants to get away. She wants to get away, so she hick- hitchhikes at 15 years old. If you don't know what hitchhiking is, it's where you walk on the freeway or the side of the road. You flip up your finger, and it's pretty much just saying, hey, give me a ride, or let me hop in and travel with you. At 15 years old, she hitchhiked to Berkeley, California in September of 1978. Now, when I was 15, I was sitting in my room playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64, I was scared of absolutely everything in the world. Um, I could not imagine being 15 years old and hitchhiking from Las Vegas to Berkeley, California. What were you guys doing at 15 years old? I think me personally, uh, you know, it was staying out of the house. Like that was, that was my, that was my growing up. It was, uh, you know, you go to school, you eventually get home, you know, eat dinner, have your extracurricular activities. And, uh, you know, Saturdays you start annoying your parents and uh, they tell you to get out of the house and go do something. <laughs> yeah, man. This is pretty much it. They just tear off from the streetlights until they came on and, uh, yeah, have the parents basically call you back, eat dinner, go to bed, repeat the next day, you know? So a 15-year-old, okay, yeah. awesome. The 15-year-old, uh, sorry, tongue-tied. At 15 years old, she travels from Las Vegas to Berkeley at 15. And uh, after she gets with her grandparents, she's only there for a very short period of time. When uh, she starts getting super homesick, obviously California is different from Las Vegas. And uh, she wants to go back to Las Vegas to see her family because she's getting homesick. You know, a big divorce, you leave, you're angry. And then when you're alone, you, you calm down, you gather your thoughts. So now she wants to return back to her family. You know, she's still 15 years old. <clears throat> so she hits down to Modesto, California. If you don't know where that is, that's just south of Sacramento, California. 
the California state capital is pretty much dead smack in the state of California. She's hitchhiking down, and she gets into uh, Domesto, California, and all of a sudden, there's an incident that will change her life for absolutely ever. A guy pulls over to pick her up, kind of an older gentleman named Lawrence Singleton. This guy is the biggest piece of shit in the whole planet. Um, pretty much his whole entire life involves crime, robbery, breaking and entering, in and out of jail. Just pretty much a low-life piece of shit that was not going anywhere. Um, and so, you know, sees a young 15-year-old girl hitchhiking on the side of the road. Looks at it as a great opportunity to just screw someone's life over. So he picks her up just outside of Modesto, California. They start driving, and he starts chatting with her, trying to get to know her a little bit. You know, she tells him that her parents are going through a divorce. She was visiting her grandparents, and she was going to return back to Las Vegas to uh, be with her family again. Now, Singleton, obviously, the piece of shit he is, is like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Um, you know, pulling or just thinking of a very dark conspiracy, or not a conspiracy, but uh, like imagining some really gross shit in his head. So this guy's driving, and all of a sudden, he, like, turns, and she says, hey, you're driving the wrong way. So he pulls off the side of the road, and this is where her life will change dramatically. Um, this is a discretion warning. This is very graphic. Um, we've had some people tell us that they want us to go into a little bit more detail. So I will go into some pretty – or just some more detail when we get to this part. <clears throat> so Singleton – Jumps out of the car, runs around, pulls 15-year-old Amy out, and just starts beating the living shit out of her. Punching her in the face, slamming her on the ground. He rips her clothes off. And she's only 15 years old. you got to remember that. This is a grown-ass man beating a 15-year-old girl. He then goes back to his car and gets a sledgehammer. Knocks her on the head, knocks her out fucking cold. Jesus. He then continues to rip off the rest of her clothes and just continues to rape her over and over for the next couple of hours. During this time, Amy wakes up multiple times, regains cautiousness, screaming at the top of her lungs, fighting back at this monster, taking advantage of her. Him in uh, our singleton not wanting to anyone to hear or anything, you know, just keeps bashing her in the face, keep hitting her. This girl took a sledgehammer to the head. He then, yeah. I don't know what was going through this guy's effing brain, but he goes to his car. He pulls out a hatchet, and she's kind of in and out of consciousness. He goes over, and he ta he cuts off both of her arms from the shoulder down. Holy shit. This is where it gets extremely graphic because if you ever chopped down a tree or chopped a piece of wood, generally it doesn't cut on the first hit. First hit would break bones. Second hit would or, you know, cut arteries. And eventually he cut off both of her arms from the arms down. And then he continually just continually raped her, you know, took all it took complete advantage of her. And remember, this girl's 15 years old. This isn't a grown woman. This is, I don't know, when I think of a 15-year-old, I think of a child, a little kid, not someone that, you know, was completely hopeless in this situation and couldn't really do anything, plus getting beaten up, punched in the face, hit in the head with a sledgehammer. I can only, 
you know, can't even imagine what was possibly, you know, her feelings, what were going on at this time. So the piece of shit, Singleton, he gets her and uh, he, he presumes that she's dead. You know, you cut someone's arm off, hit him in the head with a sledgehammer, beat the living shit out of him and rape him. He finds like this little wash. You guys know, like the little tunnels that go underneath the road where the water passes through. Yeah. He finds a spot where there's there's one on this road that they were on, and he just goes and throws her off a 30-foot little cliff, and she just falls down and lands in, like, the little storm drain area. Holy shit, dude. This piece of shit, Lawrence, then gets in his car and leaves like nothing has ever happened, you know? And uh, Amy is left there to die. Now, this is this is absolutely incredible. It's amazing she ain't dead already, to be honest. 30-foot drop, both arms cut off, bludgeoned to the back of the head with a sledgehammer. I mean, poor girl. Amy somehow wakes the fuck up, regains consciousness. She wakes up, her vision's extremely blurry. She's kind of doesn't know what's going on, kind of sitting around. She looks down and she notices that her arms are cut off. Now, experts say that this may have what have saved her but Amy then, she, she pushes both of her arms, or what she still had of them, into the mud and kind of caked her body in this mud. And experts think that, you know, mud's wet and then it dries. They think that uh, her, her sticking her arms in the mud and then having the mud lightly dry on there is what pretty much made a little Band-Aid for her so she didn't bleed out. Yeah. Amy then climbs... That's, that's insane. Climbs up this little cliff, 30-foot little little drop area, little storm drain area. Remember, with no arms, so where's your balance? Climbs up this little cliff, and she's, she's butt-ass naked. She's been raped, hit. She's bleeding, covered in blood. And she just starts walking. Amy walks for three miles before a couple driving by sees her. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm the type of person that even know that this didn't happen to me, I would have trauma being the one that found her. Can you imagine, Sean, you know, you kind of live out in the middle of nowhere, but you're just driving out, you know, going on a little drive or whatever, you're cruising around, and all of a sudden you see a naked person on the side of the road with their arms cut off. Do you help the person, or do you does your adrenaline start pumping and you think, what the fuck is going on? Well, I mean, like, of course you help the person, <laughs> but... Yeah, that's just insane, dude. I'd still be pumping, looking for whatever attacked her. Where is it? What is it? You know what I mean? Like, I might I, be going miles a second. So, and you start thinking, like, where, where is this guy? Where's this? Where's this monster that did this? Right? He could be anywhere. Yeah. So Lawrence Bernard Singleton is the guy that committed this crime. <clears throat> he was a low life thug. His whole life can sit. You know, I you know talked about it. Just legal records theft. A uh, harassment. He'd been in and out of jail. He was born on July 28th, 1927, and he lived in Florida, but he moved to California uh, for work. And based on our last episode, uh, he was also a seaman. So he would go out, you know, catch fish on, on a boat and uh, come back. If you listen to the last episode, you know the reference that I'm making. But um, I don't know why there's always seamen in our freaking episodes, but... <laughs> So that's what Lawrence did for work. 
And uh, Lawrence was described as someone that every day of his life, just going out looking for trouble, up to absolutely no good, until he uh, met paths with Mary Vincent and these horrible circumstances happened. So Amy gets rushed to the hospital. And in the hospital, this is insane. In the hospital, she was more worried about talking to the police and getting a sketch written up of this guy and reporting to them what he had done to her than she was about getting her arms sewn up and, like, getting washed up. So can you can you just imagine you're at the hospital, you're a nurse, a lady comes in, has her arms cut off, lost tons of blood, the shit beaten out of her, and, and instead of laying in bed and letting the nurses take care of her, she's more worried about getting this son of a bitch caught. I just don't want that monster coming back. You know what I mean? Running her again. For sure, for sure. So she, uh, Amy talks to the police. They're able to to drop a sketch. And, uh, you know, Lawrence was under the radar, in and out of jail. You know, so he uh, he was quickly found and arrested. Now, this part of the story is going to piss you guys off. It pissed me off so bad. So this, so... He, he gets caught, he goes to jail, and uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the legal system, courts are like usually, they're always behind, they're never on time for anything, so they had to wait a little bit, about six months, to uh, finally for this dude to go, you know, to get a, I apologize, one sec, to get prosecuted, and so in that six months, Amy's arms were sewed up and she already started using prosthetic limbs. You are able to look up uh, Mary Vincent on uh, Google. She has two prosthetic arms, and at the end of her arms, she had these hooks. And the hooks pretty much, like, you know, helped her grab stuff. And obviously, they didn't have the technology back in the day to have, like, the prosthetic arms they have back in the day. So pretty much, she just has two hooks on her arms. And Amy, on her free time, she gets into art. She starts painting and stuff. And she she starts talking about how literal garbage around her house or not not even just like garbage you know like a pop can or whatever she would make these attachments to go on her prosthetic arms the little hook she had to like hold the paintbrush so she could start painting you can look up some of her light her art online she's very good artist and uh she doesn't have any arms that's it's freaking amazing so six months goes by, and then uh, this dude's this dude goes to trial, right? Yeah. And uh, Singleton was sentenced to 14 years in prison, the maximum allotted time in California at the time. So, and the judge apparently made this statement. He said, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his life. This monster only gets 14 years in prison. Now, this is where it's going to piss a lot of people. Oh, let me just say one other thing real fast. So, obviously, if you, like, get in an accident with someone and you hurt the other person, you, you're kind of reliable to, you know, pay for, like, their medical bills and stuff. Or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Vincent, or Amy, she won uh, a civil judgment case against Singleton for $2.56 million dollars. There's only one problem. Singleton was a piece of shit, and he only had $200 in his savings account. So, Damn. Amy doesn't get any money. You had your arms cut off, you know, raped, brutally beat. 
hammer to the back of the head, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, she's not going to get any money for, uh, you know, inconvenience. So back in the day, you know, they didn't, she's obviously having to pay her, pay her own way for all of her stuff. And it's pretty much bullcrap. How do you work with only with two prosthetic arms? You know what I mean? <clears throat> so she continues to pay. This guy goes to jail. Now, this is where the story just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. Singleton was paroled after only eight years in prison. He was able to reduce his time through good behavior and working as a teacher's assistant in a prison classroom. What the hell? So he got sentenced to uh, 14 years, only ended up serving eight. Boom. This guy's out on the loose again, okay? That's ridiculous. When the, the people in California were so angry about this incident that wherever Singleton was, they would go like protest out of his house. And these protests got up to around 500 people that would say it's bullshit. He should be killed. He's still alive. You know, California doesn't have the death penalty, yada, yada, yada. So obviously to protect, to protect this piece of shit, the police move him around to hotels and other locations, and people end up finding out where he is, and these these big protests just keep happening. So they come to this agreement where he can live at the prison in an RV outside, and that's for his own personal protection. And if you look up pictures, if you look at pictures of this guy online, dude, his nose looks like it has genital herpes on it, dude. This guy is one ugly motherfucker, dude. So this guy does this horrible crime, 14 years, only ends up serving eight years, and, oh, my reputation, I can't get a job. Oh, And then, and then the government's just, or, you know, the law is just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, come come live at the jail. We'll take care of you, yada, yada, yada. He's able to, like, pick up work there. Uh, that's, just, that's just some bullshit to me. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> Lawrence, he kind of gets sick of the heat that he's in, all these people harassing him. So he decides to move back to Florida, back to where his family is, to kind of get away from all this, get a new beginning. Um, you know, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Just move back to Florida, get away from all, all the hate. People probably won't know him there, blah, 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 blah. Well, he gets back to Florida, and guess what he does? The guy Same starts. Thing. The guy starts stealing and robbing. He had a court hearing for stealing a hat that was $3. And when talking to the judge, Lawrence told him, he said, I'm just a confused old man. Like, give me a break. And I guess I took sympathy on this guy. I, I don't know. Totally baffles me. Like, I, I don't get it. In 1997, a neighbor called police to report Singleton assaulting a woman in his home in Sulphur Springs, Florida. When police responded, they found the body of Roxanne Hayes. She had been stabbed multiple times in her upper body. Haynes was a mother of three children. This piece of shit just going around, stealing, causing problems, breaks, in, you know, breaks into this house and stabs this mother, kills her with three children. The police come and find this piece of shit a couple blocks away, just covered in blood. And, uh... You know what I mean? Like, this could have been stopped if this dude just got life in prison the first time. Continuous court cases, 
almost murdered one girl, murdered a mother of three. Finally, this piece of shit gets sentenced to jail for life with no, with no parole. And Amy, back in California, finds out about this, and she is just pissed. Can you imagine the guy that cut off your arms only gets eight years in jail? And then moves to Florida and uh, actually kills someone this time, a mother of three. Yeah, man. So, so what do you guys think about the legal system? You think that they're, I uh, think they're doing their job, or do you think they're kind of, kind of fucking up right now? Man, uh, I don't know. I personally, I don't think that rapists or murderers should ever really get out, man. Or you know what? Now, in the case of rapists, they should just go ahead and release them to the public. Just let them run straight down the, you know, street, buck naked, and let the public have at them. This is how I feel about it, you know? That makes me think of Game of Thrones when the girl's like, shame, shame. <laughs> right? But I'm just saying, like, you can't take that back. There's no fixing anything that you've done. You know what I mean? Correct. For me, it's, for me, it's more of a each state is gonna screw something up even more. You know, California is definitely a, a one that you know they abolished the death penalty a long time ago. Uh, things are a little bit more um, leaning towards the convicts. Um, you know, people get let out a lot early over there. And, you know, also kind of goes on state. Um, you know, and the judges and everything like that for. Each, you know, each state on what they were going to do. I think, you know, if that happened in, uh, let's say, Texas or maybe even Utah, you know, around that time, that guy wasn't getting out, you know. Um, so, you know. Texas and Utah, we'll just send you straight to the chair of the firing squad, man. That's just how they do it. So, yeah, so for me, it's like legal system. I think each state's going to be completely different um, on how it's viewed, on how it's done. Um, but it's, yeah, no, it's it's a joke. Eight years for that, even if they couldn't put it down as uh, murder because she lived, you know, attempted murder, rape, you know, cutting off the arms. You know, there's got to be a lot more than even the 14 years that he was technically given to begin with. It's definitely got to be a lot more than, you know, eight just because he was, he was good in prison. I mean, there's no women there around him to, for him to attack. And then, you know, you hear these stories all the time. So John, do you think that the legal system in California is like pretty more lenient towards these cases? Or do you think that, uh, just just based on the crime, you, you think that maybe he could have been charged more and given a longer sentence? Like, come on, you get 14 years and you only served eight. You barely even, a little over than half of your sentence because he was on good behavior. I think that Lawrence was an extremely, an extreme manipulator. How can you go do something so horrible to someone and then when you're in front of a cop or a judge or a correctional officer, you're like, look at me, I'm a great guy out here being nice to people, helping people in the jail. Look at me. And then you turn them out, and they just do the exact same shit. Like, how much of a fake piece of acting piece of shit do you have to be to be that good to be able to convince people that, you know? I, th- I kind of thinking of, like, Ted Bundy, too, another one that um, 
you know, he was a law student and the same thing is when, you know, they pull him in court, they'd be like, this guy can't do this. Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking that he just, I don't know. I don't know who he, uh, who he screwed in prison or what, but I just, I don't know. I honestly don't know how you serve almost half, only half, little over half a sentence for doing, for doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, you know, certain states are a little bit more lenient. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a joke. Um, I say if it was done anywhere else, it, he probably wouldn't have got out. Um, and then also, you know, this is also back in what, 78. Correct. You know, we've got a lot of stuff. We've had a lot more, um, you know, cases like this that people can refer to that, you know, I think nowadays if it would have happened, it would have been for a lot longer. Um, and there's definitely has to, there definitely should be you know follow up you know he's got his parole officer he's got stuff he's got to check in you know get to the point where you know he shouldn't be around people um, in a way and definitely not move to another state that no one knows what's going on. I'm, I'm with Sean you know if it's stuff something like this happens they're going to do it again. And yeah, people are protesting and doing stuff outside his apartments and houses in California. State shouldn't get involved. And uh, people can just have them do whatever they want. You know, that's my that's my view. Also, having a 15-year-old daughter, you know, it kind of hits home. Just like you want to, you know, let the people have them. <laughs> exactly. Because the majority of these, these offenders, they're going to reoffend doing the same kind of thing, you know, feeling like it's safe, and then they'll go ahead and do it next thing you know. Just like in this story, it went ahead and led to murder, you know, and it's... So earlier... You know, there's, there's, go for it. To me, there's a chance that people change, you know. People can change. People can go um, to prison or reform. I, I believe that some people can, but a lot of times in the majority of these kind of stories that we hear like true crime podcast or, um, you know, just stories on the internet. It's, it seems the, you know, the rapist and the sexual offenders, they offend over and over again. You know, some people get caught, some people don't, but you know, that my personal opinion is when it comes to, to raping and doing all that stuff, that should be, a lot stricter of laws, you know, to me, that's above murder. I mean, that's going to screw up someone's life considerably, you know, murder, you know, that person can't, you know, their family hurts and they're in pain and everyone hurts around them, you know, that was affected to them. But these type of things, it's screwing up that person's life forever, you know, and to me, that's, that's a worse, that's a worse offense. Again, me personally. So I might talk about this later in the podcast, or we might do an episode on it. But uh, I'm a brother to a murdered victim, and so you kind of going over that is I, I, dude, I know how it feels. Um, like I said, I don't really want to go into a lot of detail. I, I, I don't even, I don't even like talking about it. But uh, I am the brother of a murdered victim. I know how it feels. It sucks. And when justice is not served, it's like the biggest kick to the nuts in the world. 
I had a sister that died, and I also had a cousin that lived in Texas that he also, you know, was kind of getting in trouble, some bad friends, and he ended up losing his life too. He got murdered also. I have, I know two people in my personal family that we've been murdered. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to talk about it right now. We uh, Maybe down the road we can talk about it. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it is absolutely crazy. So, so earlier in this podcast, we're talking a little bit about technology and how the times are changed. If you knew that this guy was moving and you didn't know where he was moving, wouldn't you want to like put like a like an amber alert or, or like something that the, the the people would know, you know what I mean? Kind of taking this monster out of a place where everyone knew he was a monster and putting him in a new situation where no one knew he was a monster, you know? Go ahead and have the uh where you had to go from door to door basically and tell people that you were a sexual predator and, and all that. Or I think nowadays you, you have to like all that stuff. He would have been on the sex offender uh, uh, registry. He would have had to go when he moved to Florida. You know, you would have had to talk to the courts and put it in there. And yeah. But that was active in 78. I don't think it was active in 78. I was just saying that, you know, nowadays, you know, it's, it's definitely. Gotcha. So back to the story, Amy finds out about this. She goes, she flies to, to Florida. And for the second time, she gets to testify against Lawrence for being the piece of shit that he is, and he needs to be put away. So Lawrence gets life in jail, and he also gets the death penalty. But luckily for Lawrence, shortly after in 2001, he died of cancer in North Florida reception. Or, sorry, for, I, for some reason I misspelled that word. He died in Florida in a medical facility for uh, being an inmate with cancer. So this guy definitely got the easy way out every single time. And uh, there's three people today that don't have a mom because this piece of shit killed them. And there's still, there's still Amy today. She's alive today. She's a, she's like an old, a ripe old lady. Um, she's a, she, she's an advocate. She speaks out about, uh, about stuff like this. She does, uh, some public speaking and uh she still she still does art and like i said look her up online she, she's got some beautiful beautiful pieces um she still has her prosthetic arms and obviously amy for the rest of her life is obviously you know but just just how strong is she as a woman how strong as an individual and just the the thrive to want to want to live like i said in the story she was 15 years old when this happened 15 years old and like I said, she's, I think she's 60, ripe old age. Um, and she, she's very happy, just a happy old lady living life. Yeah, good for her. I just barely looked that up. So she actually passed away September 5th of last year. So, oh, dang. She, she just barely passed away, but still, you know, just looking at pictures of her, she's definitely a lively old woman. Have you seen uh, pictures of Lawrence, though? You, you agree with me that his nose looks like he has genital herpes or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, definitely a creepy-looking old man. <laughs> so after learning today's story, so so the, the story of Amy has been clapped. That's the story. Boom, it's over. Now let's, let's just talk about some things. So in this story, I, I'm, I, I think the legal system screwed up hardcore. 
um, after learning the story, I will never go hitchhiking. I actually tried hitchhiking a couple times. And uh, I'm going to be honest, it is super awkward sitting in a car with someone you don't know. They could pull a gun, a knife on you. It's one of those things that people generally think that everyone's happy and wants to help each other. But there's actually more pieces of shit out there, I think, than there actually is good people. Uh, talking about hitchhiking, uh, I was in my early 20s. We actually picked picked up the random hitchhiker, you know. But, you know, there's always that stigma of, you know, if you pick someone up, you're going to die. Um, he, was, he was a stud. He actually graduated from, I think it actually was Berkeley, and he decided it was taking six months to hitchhike across the country, you know. And, yeah. It's it, a was, very... it was kind of, you know, took him out. Took him out to eat, took him, you know, to a few little parties. He's just like, wow, and this is probably Utah, you know, the uh, little Mormon bubble. So it was like, well, parties are definitely a lot different here. I don't have to get drunk to to, to have fun. I, I'm not sure how you guys uh, do it, but this little party without alcohol was a blast, you know. <laughs> so so uh, back to what you were saying, John. Um so this is this is kind of my perspective. You have to put yourself in the shoes of the person driving the car. That person's in constant fear of the the hitchhiker like killing them and still in their car. But then there's also the hitchhiker that's in constant fear of the guy driving the car. And you would think that the two fears would kind of like neutral each other out. <laughs> oh, I did just think like we actually brought it up like if it was sketchy to do it. He's just like you know what. Most of the times. Um, that he always got picked up. It was, um, it was actually pretty, you know, everyone's nice, extremely friendly, likes to chat, um, you know, hear his story. He gets to hear their story. And he's just like, I'm just like, why well, you gotta be waiting out there for hours and stuff. He's like, no, honestly, the most I wait is about a half an hour before someone, you know, picks him up. Dang. And I was like, for me, that's crazy because you don't think about that. You see someone, you know, with the sign on the side of the freeway or an entrance to the freeway asking, like, you know, to go to Vegas or something like that, heading heading somewhere, you know. You don't think, you know, how long they wait. You know, I always thought it would be a, a long time before people picked him up, but this guy's saying that people, you know, the longest he's had to wait was about 30 minutes. That's pretty crazy, man. So another scenario real fast. Let's say, <clears throat> like this This was kind of something else that I was thinking about. Let's say you're not hitchhiking to hitchhike. Let's say that you're, you, like, you drive all the freaking way out in the middle of nowhere to where Sean lives, and then your car breaks down on, like, that long-ass stretch of road. Don't you want to hitchhike to, like, get to, like, the nearest gas station or, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is such a gray area. It is so... I don't know. The more I think about it is like the more I'm going to educate my children to not do it. But it's just it's such a gray area because it's like y like you need a ride because your car breaks down, you need help. But then it's like, you you know, you're also you can't afford the travel. So that's why you're hitchhiking. Like I just in all honesty, I think it probably should be avoided. Like public transportation is is still sketchy in a lot of places, but it's it's probably I think it's a lot more reliable than uh hitchhiking and also and today we obviously have like you know uber and uh those other places but still it's just that's just how that's just how people did it back in the days is they'd hitchhike and you know this isn't even this isn't even the only story there's so many stories where people hitchhiked went missing the latter later found their bones we could we can cover and do some a lot more uh a 
lot more different topics on hitchhiking, but hitchhiking in, in the long road, I think it's just sketchy. It's super, just, just such a big gray area. Yeah, for sure. I got another story about that for me. <laughs> you know, when you break, like I've actually broke down in the middle of nowhere between, uh, I think we broke down between Beaver and, um, St. Cedar City. I think that's where we broke down. And broke down, pulled over. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're just down visiting somebody down in uh, Hurricane. And we went ahead and um, started walking. Just kind of figured something's going to happen. And, you know, it was like a mile or two down the road. We get pulled over or picked up by the uh, Highway Patrol. You know? And they take us to the next town, and you know that's where what happens. So I think you know you break down. Yeah, you know if there's a cop on the road, he's stopping there, stopping there to help you. I had a story like that too once. Uh, I was up Logan Canyon. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Logan Canyon, but it is a long, windy canyon. And then I was up there in the middle of winter, just gotten off work, and was driving an old '75 Dodge, and was going around a bend and uh they have this place called second dam up there which is basically just like a lookout dam and i used to like to go there to blow off steam after work just chill out get my mind right and head back to town and as i was turning around to go back to town you know there was a whole bunch of snow and ice on the road and my truck slid out and went off the road and no matter what i did i couldn't get it back so i had to get out start hitchhiking down and luckily for me jeep ringer come up started passing me and it was full of like four girls dude and they flipped around picked me up i don't know what four girls were thinking picking up some random dude walking down the middle of the freaking canyon road but uh brought me back to town so hats off to them if they're still listening but hey <laughs> there's some good people out there it's just it's just too too sketchy so also real fast um I must have just scanned over this in my notes, but I was actually just kind of glancing over them again uh, real fast. But uh, <clears throat> Lawrence, he actually has the name of the Mad Chopper. That's his. That's his nickname. If you uh, if you look Mad him up on Google, you can either look up Lawrence Shingleton or the Mad Chopper, and uh, you'll be able to find that information about him. But other than that, let's end the episode there. Uh, get clapped, guys. We'll see you guys next week. All right, All right later, brother.